Welcome to the third episode of Married with Books. I'm Blake. And I'm Shelby. Today, we also have a very special guest joining us, my sister Natalie. Hi guys, thanks so much for having me. Natalie and I are uh, reading buddies. We often read the same books together, and she has joined me several times for a 24-hour reading challenge where we try to stay up and read as much as possible in a 24-hour period. Um, and she has read and really enjoyed the book that we are going to be discussing today, and we are very excited to have her with us. Yes, we are. So this month we will be discussing the young adult novel Five Feet Apart by Rachel Lippincott. As always, this episode will be full of spoilers, so if you've not read Five Feet Apart and don't want to be spoiled, you have been warned. But before we begin our discussion, we want to talk about the books we are currently reading. So, Blake, tell me about what book you're reading. I'm currently reading Dry by Neil and Jared Schusterman. Um, I read Neil Schusterman's Scythe series that I really enjoyed. Um, Dry is kind of a dystopian novel about the state of California running out of water, and uh, the two main characters trying to survive uh, in a land without water. It's really good. I know you read it, Shelby, and you kind of threw it on my TBR pile, so I thought I'd check it out. All right. I'm reading um, a biography about Ruth Bader Ginsburg called Ruth Bader Ginsburg, A Life, um, and it's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, but it's really interesting. It's interesting from, like, a feminist perspective to see kind of, like, the changes in society since then. Um, some parts of it are making me really mad, like when she was literally told that she couldn't have a job because she had kids and stuff like that but it's hard it's enlightening to see how much has changed and how much further we still have to go natalie what are you reading um i'm currently reading the kite runner it was assigned to me um in school and i don't normally enjoy those books just because i don't like being forced to read a book but i really like this it is so sad but it is so well and i haven't finished it yet um, but it's, like, one of these books where I've, like, willingly, like, sat down and read, like, many chapters ahead of the class, just because it's so gripping. That is a fantastic book. Okay, now, so let's talk about Five Feet Apart. I picked the book last month, so it was Shelby's turn. What made you pick this book, honey? Um, a couple of things. The first thing was that the movie is coming out this month, so I thought if we're gonna do five feet apart this would be a great month to do it because we can go see the movie later on um also the cover was really pretty and i really wanted an excuse to buy it um and i used to really enjoy the book the fault in our stars i guess i still do i don't know why i said i used to because i definitely still like it but regardless this kind of seemed like it might be in that same line um and it's a pretty like classic ya i think when people talk about young adult books this is the kind of book that they generally think about so I thought, even though we're trying to show the diversity of young adult books, this might be a good one to include. All right. So, Natalie, do you want to start us off and tell us what you thought of it? Yeah. And um, I'm a total sucker for, like, the cheesy, cliche teen romances. Like, that's almost solely what I read when I pick my own books. This book was straight up my alley. And I found out about this book because... Um, the director is an actor that I follow on Instagram, and I saw his first post about it, and in the caption, he, like, explains the plotline of it, and I was immediately in love with it, and then Shelby and Blake got this for me for Valentine's Day. I sat down and finished it that night, um, which is really fast for me. I usually take a little bit longer to finish books, um, but even though it is a cliche, there are things that are, that you, like, wouldn't expect in a cliche book. Um, and the main one for me was that the greatest tragedy that, like, took place normally, it's like one of the people they're in love with, like, one of the people in the romances dies, but in this one, it was, um, Poe's death, and I liked that that didn't have anything to do 
with their romance, like neither one of them died. And the other thing was that they made the choice not to be together. No one forced them to not be together. Neither one of them died, but Will made the choice to protect her and leave. Um, so I really enjoyed that because it's just a little bit different than what normally happens. Um, the only grievance I have against it is that because it was adapted from a screenplay, there are times where the wording is a little bit awkward and it just seems more of like a fan-written book. Other than that, I love it so much and I'm probably going to read it again very soon. And so I guess really quick we should just recap what this book was about. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you've seen the movie trailers everywhere, but it's about two kids named Stella and Will. They both have cystic fibrosis. Um, and they are in the hospital together. People with cystic fibrosis are not supposed to be within six feet of each other because they could, like, share bacteria and literally die from it. Um, but these two people fall in love, and they are trying to find a way to be together. And then another friend of theirs, Poe, who Natalie just referred to, um, also has cystic fibrosis, and he dies, unfortunately, in the course of the book. And it was very sad and emotional. But, yeah, it was very sad. <laughs> um, but anyways, Blake, what did you think about it? Um, so this book kind of came on my radar when I saw that uh, Dylan Sprouse was going to be in the movie, and I'm all about him. It is Dylan. It's not Cole. Okay. Um, and I I really wanted to see the movie, and then I saw that there was a book, which I, I originally thought was an original book, but it turns out it appears to be a adapted screenplay. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I really liked... The characters, I thought they were both likable. I thought Stella was really cool, and her YouTube channel really interested me. Um, I I thought it was a really good, sappy kind of romance book that is in the vein of The Fault in Our Stars, but not as terribly depressing. <laughs> um, I mean, although when you think about it, both characters are going to die eventually. Mm-hmm. But, like, it wasn't as sad as Augustus Waters dying in The Fault in Our Stars. Both characters are going to die eventually, but I think the happy part of this is that they do both get to live. You know, I mean, everybody dies. They are going to die younger than most people would. But it's not like, I think the hopeless part about The Fault in Our Stars was like, Augustus was supposed to live, and he didn't, and then Hazel was still going to die. So, like, he died, and then Hazel's going to die, and then that's the end of the story. But this book kind of ends on an uplifting note, where Stella gets a lung transplant, even though... Will can't get a lung transplant because of a certain kind of bacteria that he has and his lungs makes him knowledgeable. They still both get to like go and travel and do things that they're interested in doing, which I think is really uplifting. Um, um one thing I want to talk about is um the character Will and you and me talked about the Shelby about how a person who like has spent so much time in the hospital, I really felt like I didn't really appreciate how he treated people, but I kind of agreed with his mentality of you know, when he turns 18, he wants to just get out of the hospitals and go live his life, and I really understood that as someone, you know, who, like, if I was in his position, I would also want to actually, like, go do stuff. What did you guys think of that? I just feel like, I I agree with your point, and I see where you're coming from, and I think that if you don't want to try, like, extreme life-saving measures, you know, like, with cancer, there are certain things that if I were in that position, I wouldn't be trying all the experimental things. I don't think I've never been in that position. So maybe I would feel differently, but I just feel like there were things that Will could have been doing even to make his time alive more comfortable. And he was choosing not to do those, you know, so not only was he decreasing his life expectancy, but he was also like 
making himself more uncomfortable for the amount of life that he had left. And I can understand, because, like, Will was forced to go through, like, a lot of experimental treatments and everything. And I get that, but I just feel like there's certain baseline things that you can do just to, like, improve your quality of life, and I am very pro that, and Will was just totally ignoring all of those things. Yeah, I agree. There was one part in the book where after Stella had, like, set up his med cart and they started doing the treatments together, he was like, oh, I could already feel that I was feeling better. And it's not that he was, it's not because he was doing that experimental trial. It was because he was just doing the basic things that everyone with CF does to help them live more comfortably. And it kind of did bother me that he hadn't been doing those before because it's like he was just doing it to excite himself and his mother, which didn't get him anywhere. All right. So I did like this book. Um, you can definitely tell that it was adapted from a screenplay. There was parts where the prose felt really flat. Um, and it took away kind of, like, some of the emotional aspect from it. Like, I really wanted to cry, and I was definitely sad, but I didn't feel, like, connected enough with any of the characters for it to really, like, hit me and make me, like, ugly sob. Um, some things that bothered me were sometimes the characters were, were just really, really dumb. And I know that they're teenagers, and sometimes they act irrationally, but there's just certain parts, like, there's a part when Stella moves to go hug her friend Poe, and their whole relationship has been that they're friends with cystic fibrosis so they have never been able to touch and just the fact that she even like she like goes to do it and then she's like oh wait I can't I'm just like I, that just seems dumb to me like I feel like if you were so concerned about staying alive like Stella seems to be you would be like extra extra careful and all that stuff um and especially when you have a relationship with someone who that's been the basis of your entire relationship um or even like the risk that Stella took when she went to organize Will's well, what med cart, where she's, like, in the room with that bacteria that could literally kill her before she's even, like, really in love with him. It just kind of bothered me sometimes, um, and I felt like it was a little unrealistic. Um, the big thing was that this was a mega case of insta-love, where they were just like, I hate you. Just kidding, I love you. And it didn't bother me as much as it has in some other ones, but it was still just kind of like, that was a pretty big turnaround in a pretty short book. Um, but overall, I did really enjoy it. I read it in a single day. One thing that I wanted to talk about was that some people have pointed out that the only person of color who also happens to be the only LGBTQ plus person representative represented dies and that this seems to be kind of like the catalyst for Stella's epiphany about living her life and all that and um, some people were really upset about it. Did you guys think about that? Thoughts on that? Anything? Um, I agree that the author could have made, like, more diverse characters. They could have been more people of color, more LGBTQ plus people. Um, but I enjoyed the fact that Poe's death was her wake-up call, because once again, that's just something that, like, where it diverges a little bit from the cliche, um, because in a lot of other, like, teen romances, it's their significant other that makes them, like, often realize they want to live better than they are, but in this one it was her best friend, and I liked that because it was just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It was something different. Well, and I, like, it couldn't have, Will couldn't have died, because, like, she had just met him. Mm -hmm. Like, by it being Poe, it's a ch her childhood friend. Um, it's a bummer, because Poe was a really interesting, cool character who had, like, a lot of dimensions. Um, but I just, yeah, I think it... It either had to be Poe or there had to be, like, another character who she had been friends with who had to die. Because if it was Will, it just would have felt flat. Like, 
they kind of like each other and then yeah, and just then dies. Yeah, die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, some other people have pointed out that this book sort of romanticizes cystic fibrosis and that some of the symptoms are, like, conveniently brushed away. Like, they talk about having, like, G-tubes and stuff like that, but they don't really talk about any of the other pretty severe, like, gastrointestinal consequences. Like, the characters are constantly vomiting and even though they're definitely thin, they don't aren't, like, grossly underweight. They don't talk about them looking very sick and stuff like that. Um, and then a lot of crappy things happen to these characters that we already feel bad for because they have cystic fibrosis. Um, what did you guys think about that? In, like, every, like, teen romance, there is that, like, oh, there there's already this bad thing, but then all these other bad things are happening, and that's just, like, part of what comes with the cliché of a teen romance, like, in The Fault in Our Stars, yes, they have cancer, but then he gets cancer back, and he dies, and, like, she's already miserable, and then that happens on top of it. That's so true. Yeah, and, um, I'm trying to think, other books that I've read, just, like, all these bad things start happening to people that are already in bad relationships or situations, and that's just the cliche of a teen romance. Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like a lot of books that have, a large portion of, like, romance books that have sicknesses in them, they do skip over the really, really negative parts of the disease. Um, and I, it could be interesting to see the movie, mm-hmm. too, because they have, like, these two super attractive, like, people yeah. playing, who are supposedly playing sick kids. But, I mean, this book did make me really aware of what cystic fibrosis was so and I do want to say that like none of us have cystic fibrosis I don't have any family members or friends with cystic fibrosis so this is totally just from like a lay person's perspective we're not trying to like offend anybody by the comments that we're making um so yeah I just wanted to put out that little disclaimer if you have information to educate us about cystic fibrosis please share it I would love to learn more all right so Blake what's your star rating uh, I gave it four out of five. I thought it was a, I mean, A, it's a quick read, 250 mm-hmm. pages, you can do it in a night, and it's just kind of a fun YA romance. Not, maybe not fun, but like a cheesy YA romance. Yeah. Um, I gave it maybe like a 3.75. It wasn't quite a four for me, and again, most of that was just because, not to anything to do with the story, but we've all mentioned that it did feel like an adapted screenplay. It felt like fan fiction. Which, not that there's anything very wrong with that, but I just feel like a little bit more editing probably could have gone a long way with this, and that would have bumped it up a little bit for me. Natalie? I gave it a 3.5. I really liked it, just there were, like, small things that, like, really bugged me because I'm picky about those specific Mm -hmm. things, and I've just read other romances that I enjoy kind of. Yeah. All right, so that's it for our discussion. Now we're going to move on. Um, to our special topic, which for today we're talking about our favorite book-to-movie adaptation, worst book-to-movie adaptations, adaptations we're looking forward to, adaptations we would like to see, etc., etc. Um, so, Natalie, what are some of your favorite book-to-movie adaptations? Um, some of my favorites are probably my number one favorite, because for me, a favorite means it follows a book as closely as you can in a movie adaptation. And A Monster Calls would be that movie for me. There was the small thing where, like, there weren't those things that you hold up to, like, the tree branches, the berries. Those weren't in the movie, but I also feel like that didn't take away a lot from 
anything. Like, the, if it wasn't in the books, it would have been missed that much, or the movie. So, I really like that one. The Fault in Our Stars is another one that I feel very closely follows the book, and it was, it was well made. The, like, camera work was really good, and the acting was really good. And then, one of my favorite books and movies is The Book Thief. And I actually watched the movie before I read this book, but I think that they did a wonderful job and changed what needed to be changed in a movie adaptation that is better in a book than in a movie. And I cried reading reading <laughs> and watching both of them. It's so sad. And then one that I actually, I have not personally read the book, but I've seen the movie multiple times and I've sobbed every time. And my sisters, my other sister, and my dad have both read the book and they really enjoyed it, is A Man Called Obey, and it's like really heartbreaking because he gets to such a good place and then he passes and I sob every time. Yeah, so I guess that's interesting because for me, I am not necessarily super picky about whether or not the movie follows the book exactly. I would rather have them make like artistic changes to improve the movie than follow it to a T and have a bad movie in a good book. I'd rather have a good movie in a good book, even if those are different things. Um, so some of my favorites um, actually came out in the past year. Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which became Love, Simon. Um, I actually saw the movie first on that one, and it was, like, just the cutest thing in the world. I was not going to read the book, and because of the movie, I decided to, and now that's, like, probably one of my favorite books that I read last year. Um, to All the Boys I Loved Before was just the cutest thing ever, and I had already read the book, but I, they did that book series really, they did it justice, and I'm very excited for the next one to come out. Um, but what I've really been enjoying lately are, like, series adaptations. We have been watching the series Unfortunate Events adaptations on Netflix, and those are excellent. Game of Thrones, excellent, and The Haunting of Hill House that came out uh, back in the fall, I also really enjoyed. And again, those don't follow the books to a T, but they make artistic changes that make them really good shows. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I'm more of a, I'm perfectly fine with adaptations a lot of the times. Um, although one of my movies that I hate, worst book to movie adaptation, really screwed it up. But um, I really enjoyed uh, the series of unfortunate events mm -hmm. in Game of Thrones. I also really like the Jack Ryan series on Amazon. Have which you is, read any of those books? Yep, I've read about three of them. I'm a big fan of Tom Clancy stuff. I know you were so shocked when I told I you about that. I believe you had read a Tom Clancy book. Yeah, like multiples. <laughs> Um, I do enjoy The Hunt for Red October. That's a really good one. Um, I Am Legend, but that's an adaptation of a short story, I believe, that they kind of take. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, but for the worst book-to-movie adaptation, I have two. Uh, the first one is Aragon, and that one will always stick in my craw, because <laughs> I loved that book when I was a kid, and then I saw the movie, and I hated the movie. Um... And then the other one that I think is just terrible is the Percy Jackson Lightning Thief movie. It is not good, and it's so bad that in the second movie they had to recast half the people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the worst book-to-movie adaptation that I have ever seen, um, Annette Curtis Klaus wrote a couple of books, and I really, really enjoyed them. And she wrote one about werewolves that was called Blood and Chocolate, and I thought the book was fantastic. Like 12-year-old me was just loving it. And then they made the movie, and they changed pretty much every single detail about the movie, but, like, for no real reason, and it was just a really...
Um, the worst one for me is, um, I have not actually personally read this book because I love the movie so much, so this is one of the rare cases where I believe the movie is better than the book based on everything I've heard about the book, and that is The Princess Bride. Our mom is obsessed with this movie, so I grew up watching it, and I know you, Shelby, read the book and didn't like it at all, and from everything else that I've heard from anyone that I've talked to that's read the book, they just haven't liked it, and the movie is cheesy because it was made so long ago, but it is a good movie, and so I think that because I'm a stickler on, like, if it's good, like, based off, like, how close it is mm -hmm. to the book, that would probably be the worst one for me. Alright, yeah, I did not, I'm not big that book. Um, what adaptations are you looking forward to this year, Natalie? Um, Mortal Engines is a book I am slowly working my way through due to other, like, school commitments, but I am really liking it, and based off the trailers, I'm so excited to see that, and of course, I'm really excited to see Five Feet Apart, the movie, is what hooked me on it first, because that's what I found out about first, so I'm very excited to see how that movie is played out. Yeah, um, luckily for you, Five Feet Apart comes out very shortly, and more Legends is already out, so as soon as you're done with those, you can watch them. Alright, Blake, how about you? Um, I'm really looking forward to Chaos Walking, which is um, based off the uh, series by Patrick Ness. Um, it's going to come out in March, um, and it's going to be based off the first book, The Knife of Never Letting Go. And then I'm also really, really, really excited for... They're doing um, The Rosie Project, which is a romance novel I read mm -hmm. a while ago, and it's going to star Ryan Reynolds. So, oh, like, is it really? I'm I didn't know that. I'm all about that. And then one more that I'm opti optimistically like excited for, but I'm a little nervous, is Artemis Fowl. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. those books, but I just think a lot of times adaptations can get a little wonky, yeah. especially fantasy adaptations. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Some that I'm looking forward to uh, is the new Pet Cemetery. I just read Pet Cemetery last year, and I actually did it on audiobook with the version narrated by Michael C. Hall, and I absolutely loved it. It does look like they have changed some stuff for the movie version, so I'm optimistically hopeful for that to come out, but I still think it looks great. I'm definitely going to be seeing it. Um, I also heard that The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn is going to be made into a movie. I really liked that book, but I am nervous that they're going to butcher the movie because just a lot of those, like, Girl on the Train was another one where I was like, oh, the movie's going to be great, and then it was horrible. Gone so Girl's a little rough. Gone Girl's better than Girl on the Train, but there's just, like, those movies I feel like don't always translate very well when it's a lot of, like, internal monologue with, like, an unreliable narrator. Like, it's hard to show that in a film. And so I'm I'm hopeful for that one. Um, but then the one I'm really excited for, I don't actually really know how this is even going to work, but they're making a Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Is, do you know, is that going to be a movie or a series? It's like, a movie directed by Guillermo del Toro, okay. which he's an amazing horror. Um, essentially, the premise appears that these kids live in this town where all these, like, crazy, like, dark things happen. So, like, that's how they're going to okay. incorporate each of the individual stories. Because those books, the scary stories to tell in the dark, and then the two iterations of that past that, those were, like, that was when I realized that I was a girl into horror, and those scared the crap out of me. I read them to my sisters and scared the yeah. crap out of them. And I have only seen, like, the little teaser trailers, but they look really creepy, and I am very excited for those to come out. And yeah. one more I think we're both kind of excited for, we just saw the trailer for, but the sun is also a star. Yeah. 
which looked like another version of this kind of five feet apart mm-hmm. story. Yeah, yeah, I saw that trailer and I want to see it. Is it it's a book? Yeah, it's a book. Yeah, um, I am excited for that one as well. Um, so what are some books that you would like to see made into movies or TV series, Natalie? Um, Skulldog Reef Pleasant is mm-hmm. one that I am obsessed with this series. My mom's be so mad at me for saying this, but it might be above Harry Potter for me. <gasps> I know, I know. But this is the book series that I recommend if someone's like, I don't like reading. I'm like, have you read Skulldog Reef Pleasant? Because you will laugh out loud. It is so funny. It is so witty. I own all the books. I'm making my parents pre-order the new one that comes out in June. I think it would be... I don't think they would do well with it as a movie just because there's so much in those books. I don't think you could fit it into a movie. I feel like it would have to be a TV series. But with the right director, actors, blah, 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 I think it would be a fantastic TV mm-hmm. series. And one, another one that I think would be a great movie and another book that if you don't like reading, um, read this because it'll change your mind. It's called The Night Circus. And um, it, I think that it would be a really cool movie. Like, once again, right directors, actors, and like everything. But I think that it could be it made into a really Shelby, what books to movies would you like to see adapted? I think that Sean and McGuire's Wayward Children series could be really cool, but it would have to be, like, a TV series, because the books are sort of, like, anthology-like, where they focus on different aspects of the characters from the first book. Um, I think it could be a really cool TV series. I would really like to see that done, as long as it's done well. That kind of goes without saying. Well, you could do, like, a short eight-episode show for each yes. book, and then do an anthology where the next season just... You'd see familiar characters. Or even, like, how they do with, like, the series Unfortunate Events, where there's, like, two episodes per book. I think that could work really well. Um, another one that I think would be really cool is An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green, which is about, like, basically aliens come to Earth, but they look like giant robots, and it's really cool. Um, I think that could be a really cool movie. Um, and then the last one is Less by Andrew Sean Greer, which is basically about a aging writer who's on a world tour trip just to try to like bring some life back into himself and I think that could be a really really cool movie if it's done correctly how about you Blake um I would probably have to go with the Illuminate Files I think that would be a great show um another one that I would really think would make a great tv show is the um, Percy Jackson books Mm -hmm. I think that would make a great show I think adapting things into movies like I know they're going to do The Stand, this huge Stephen King book, in a three-part movie. And it's I just don't think books translate well to movies unless they're fairly short. Well, and I think it really depends on the type. You know, where something that has, like, a lot of complex, like, interweaving storylines, that you can't show that in a movie. So that would work a lot better as a TV series. And honestly, I'd rather have a t- TV series than, like, a three-part movie. Like, I think that most things do better as that. I don't want, like, part one, part two, part three. Yeah. Um... Sometimes it's done well. Like, I really liked It Part 1. I'm excited for It Part 2 to come out. But um, I just generally think that, especially book series where there's, like, themes that carry over, the TV series is the way to go. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, I I also think, like, you're seeing a lot of graphic novels and comics being turned into movies, and those are translating really Mm -hmm. well because of the media. They have short storylines. Yeah, and, you know, storyboards, which they use for movies, that's essentially what a comic is. Um, we'd love to hear from you listeners about what your favorite 
what movies or what books you'd love to see turn into movies or TV shows or what your favorite uh, book to movie adaptation is. So please feel free to write into us. We'd love to hear from you. And that's it for today's episode. We would love to know what you thought of Five Feet Apart by Rachel Lippincott or anything else that we talked about today or in a previous episode. You can find us on Instagram at Married with Books Pod or email us at Married with Books Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and I wanted to mention that the titles of all the books we talked about in this episode, um, I'll put the names and authors down in the description box or in the show notes. Um, and I'll also put links to our social media so you guys can just reference that for easy viewing. Before we get go, it's time to announce the book that we will be discussing in April. Since I picked this month, now it's Blake's turn. Blake, what did you pick? Oh, we will see you all again on April 1st for our discussion of Illuminate by Amy Kaufman and Drake Christoph. Uh, we look forward to talking to you guys then, but also keep an eye out on your uh, podcast feed because you might see something special come later in March. Take care. Bye.